0: Hello, welcome back to Mindful Musings. I'm Linda Brooke. And I'm Barbara McKenzie. And we're so glad that you've come back to join us for this special episode, this spotlight episode of Mindful Musings. Barbara, do you want to tell us what's going to happen here, Vish? Well, our spotlight episode is on a
1: guest, and today our guest is Shannon. She's a friend, a long-time uh, a peer and Virtues uh, Project enthusiast and um, Linda maybe you can tell a little bit about the story but we were approached a few weeks ago and uh, we've been working on this uh, this video and we're going to bring you something a little bit different so um, Shannon sent us uh, a video and I put it together and we're going to watch it together and then in the end we're going to wrap up and uh, and have a a couple of thoughts about about what we see.
0: So do you wanna, do you have any preliminary thoughts before we jump in, Linda? Yeah, um, as we're watching Shannon share her story, it's an incredible story of, you know, part of her life journey and the importance of having um, the opportunity to mindfully muse on what's going on in one's life and the importance of having safe people, safe places and spaces to do that. Um, and how helpful it is to develop that practice um, in one's life. And um, again, just so much gratitude to, sh- to Shannon for having the uh, the courage to to offer this to us. You know, I I was talking to her, just having a catch up call, and and she showed me this video. She said, "Oh, well, I'll just show you something that I did recently." And uh, I heard it, and because I was I was gonna I was asking her if she wanted to be a guest on our show and she said, oh, I just did this recording, you know, let me play it for you, let me send it to you. And it was just awesome. So, you know, we got in touch with her and asked her if we could, you know, work with it um, here and and guest, you know, spotlight her as a guest on our show. And, And she was, yeah, totally open to it, so. And
1: at the same time, actually, I came across a video that Shannon had posted on Facebook and I watched it probably a dozen times because I was so inspired by it. And it was just a video of her writing. So anyway, you'll see how that all fits together and what that means shortly. But one of the things I wanted to sort of give people a heads up ahead of time is just watch about, in Shannon's story, about the power of the mindset Mm. and how it's able to shift and what that means for Shannon in her journey.
0: Yeah, and the incredible power of her own recognition of her own gifts of character. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we can see them ourselves and sometimes other people help us see them. And so this just shows it all, why we all came together, I guess, with the Virtues Project, um, what drew us together in the beginning and how it's affected one person's life and, and is ongoing. So, yeah. Should we let it roll? Yeah, let's go
2: in. All right. Yeah. I know. Where do I start? Well, I'll start with um before Facebook, because before Facebook and I had just finished breast cancer treatment, I was starting my um tamoxifen, which is the hormone for breast cancer. And so when that all was going on, I started having a lot of anxiety. And part of it is because of the medication, it gives a lot of menopausal symptoms. So like mood swings and hot flashes and night sweats and just all kinds of fun stuff. So that all started for me in April and then I started my job in June. And so when I started my job, I started working at Facebook and I was so excited. It was truly a, a dream come true, I thought. But within a month, I was already just stressed to the max. One nice thing with Facebook is they have um, we can have access to free counselors. So I started in June and then the first month, I ended up signing up to get a counselor. Because I was just feeling so stressed out with work. There was just a lot of transition going on. I didn't feel like I had clarity. And then I had all of this anxiety. And so it was just really hard for me to work, really hard for me to focus. Um, I just noticed that I was feeling really depressed. And um, it was worse when I was away from work. When I was at work, I still had a lot of anxiety. But I noticed when I was away from work, it seemed to be worse. It's like I couldn't stop. My mind just wouldn't shut off. And it was really, really hard. And in February, I was talking with a friend and she suggested that I look into medical leave. Thank goodness she did. And so I looked into that and talked to my doctor. And luckily, I was able to go on leave for three months, paid medical leave for three months. And it was just really, for me, it was a time to um, work through all of my anxiety and all of my challenges. Just a little backstory: um, My career has always, for me, it's always felt like a struggle. I've always had good jobs and, and everything, but it, I just felt like I, um, it was just, something was missing. Like I was searching and I didn't know what I wanted, but I thought I did. So I was just never really happy in work. And so once I went on leave and I was talking with my counselor about my struggles, she kept telling me, you have to name it. You have to name what the struggle is so that you can work through it. And so what I realized, perfectionism was just wreaking havoc all over my life. Um, and for me, it wasn't about, you know, look at me, I'm perfect. It, for me, it was all around self-criticism, like criticizing myself, like you're not, you're not good enough or, oh, if I made a mistake, that was just a catastrophe, especially if it was at work. It just became really, really hard. And so I just was in this deep dive of what's going on and how can I work through it? And I remember one day when I was on leave, one of my, um, my team sent me a card and said, we're thinking of you, we hope you're doing well, we can't wait for you to come back. And I felt so, I felt loved and I felt cared for, but then I started noticing anxiety coming back, so I had to put it away. It's like I couldn't even think about work um, back then without feeling anxious and so i started doing more meditation and started really getting more in touch with my body and something my husband and i went on a walk one day and i was walking and i was just thinking about everything my heart was feeling really heavy and all of a sudden i said to myself you protect things that you value like you only did these things to protect yourself and then i realized you protect what you value and in that moment for me it was a huge breakthrough because that's when i realized like oh my gosh i've been worthy this whole time and all all this time i felt like i wasn't enough and um something was missing so i had that breakthrough and it literally changed my life um and when i was walking i said to myself oh my gosh i'm free like i'm free from the struggle like i'm worthy i've been worthy this whole time and that was huge and i always wanted a tattoo and so and i told myself you'll know when you know and so when i said to myself um, I am free. That's when I said that is my tattoo. So that was one of the first, one of the first things I decided to do was to treat myself to a tattoo. And around that time too, was my dealing with my hair. So um, I was never a fan of my natural hair. And I, and when I was in college, I started getting braids, like long braids. And then after that, I would wear a weave. And the crazy thing is, my husband and I lived in San Diego, and the lady that did my hair lived in San Diego as well. So I would go back, and my husband would come with me often to San Diego, like every eight weeks, every couple of months to get my hair done from the Bay Area, because we moved to the Bay Area. And at first, it was fine because I could see all my family, and it was just a nice way to to get away um, and just enjoy some downtime. And my husband and I would drive down there sometimes and just make trips out of it. But then in 2014, it just got to be too much. And with my job, I just couldn't, with this new job, I couldn't get away as much to go and get my hair done. And at that time, I also realized that I would come home from work. I'd have my wig on. And the first thing I'd want to do is take it off, you know, and it just, I just didn't want to wear it. And then I'd be home on weekends. If I didn't go anywhere, I wouldn't wear it. But if someone came over, it's like, Oh, I have to put on my wig. And one day I realized like, what am I doing this for? Like, who am I wearing this for? And when I realized that it's not like, I don't, I don't need to wear this wig. Like, I just want to be like love and accept myself as I am. And so, um, at one point my husband shaved my head for me, but I still wore my wig because I wasn't ready and confident enough to rock no hair. And then um, after I had my breakthrough and realized that I am free um, and I wanted to get that tattoo, I was really leaning in that direction. Also around this time, my husband um, taught me how to ride an electric skateboard. Oh my word, it's, that has been, I would say, probably um, the most exhilarating, one of the most exhilarating experiences of my life. It's so much fun, like flying down the street 15, 20 miles an hour. It's just unbelievable. And I'm totally safe when I ride so I was riding and before I was gonna go back to work, I was, my husband commutes on an electric skateboard going to his job. And so uh, we were riding one day and he said to me, he asked this question, he goes, or he said, in, or well, the feeling again, it's so exhilarating. It's like nothing else in the world. Um, and sometimes when I ride, I cry because I feel so grateful. I feel so alive, I'm so in my body, it's, it's just amazing. It just makes me cry. But my husband said to me, he said, imagine having that feeling every day on your way to work. Imagine having this feeling every day on your way to work. And we were writing. And I had when he said that, and I had that feeling in my body, and I thought, yes, that's what I want. And which meant I was going to start to commute to my shuttle stop on my electric skateboard, which was a huge deal. And part of it was I was wearing a wig still and wearing the wig under the helmet, the wig would get tangled. I'd be worried about the wig. It would get frizzy. And so, um, when he asked me that, you know, imagine having this feeling every day on your way to work. That's when I said to myself, okay, the wig has got to go. Like, I can't, I can't let that hold me back. So after that I decided, okay, I would go out on a walk and I would wear a baseball cap and not wear my wig. That was like my way to kind of test the waters. Or I would ride my skateboard with my helmet on with no wig. And that was a way to kind of test the waters. And then I would start just being out more in public with the little, with the cap on. And I would still feel a little, little uncomfortable, but I'll never forget. I had gone to have lunch with a friend of mine. And it was one of the first times I was out in public with my new hair. And I was sitting down and she also has really short hair. So we were at this restaurant and I'm sitting there and we're talking and, and a lady that I, we didn't know came up to the table and she said to me, she goes, oh my gosh, she goes, I have to tell you, I love I love your hair. Like she just raved about how she just loved it. And she said, I wish I had the courage to do what you did, you know, shave your head. And she goes, you're free, like you're free of this hair struggle. And then of course I showed her my tattoo. Let see if I can show you my tattoo. I don't know if you can see it. It just says, I am free. It's in a handwriting font. It's not my font, but it's very close to what my handwriting would look like if I wrote it out. Um, but it was just really freeing when she said that. And she said, you know, I just I acknowledge your courage to, to like rock this new hair. And I thought, thank you. I was so excited. Um, And so that was just a big turning point for me. And then comes the day for me to go back to work. And I was excited. Um, I I was ready. I was still a little nervous because I didn't know what to expect. But I got all ready, had all my gear on. I get to campus, and I had never ridden my skateboard on campus. And it's huge. And I wasn't sure where to go. And so I asked someone directions, and they shared, okay, go this way. So I'm going that way, but then I got a little turned around because I see all these arrows on the ground. I'm like, okay, which way to go? And my electric skateboard, I use a remote control to make it go forward and to brake. And so for some reason, once I got a little flustered and turned around, it was my first day riding this to work. I accidentally stopped my remote, but my body wasn't prepared to stop because I didn't mean to do it. So next thing you know, it's like I'm falling and it's like, oh my gosh, and I just fell. And then some people start running over and I'm so embarrassed and I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I got up and then I um, looked at my hands and my hands are all bloody. And I realized I forgot to put my gloves back on. I just didn't have my routine down. So my hands are all bloody and I put my gloves back on. Cause I thought I, I can't stop and I don't want to look at bloody hands. So I put my gloves back on and I, Oh, I sing and I dance when I ride on my skateboard. So I'm like singing and I'm dancing and I get to work. And some of my coworkers didn't know I was coming back that day, but I roll into the office on my skateboard, shaved head, bleeding, you know, it was just pretty, pretty traumatic and and fun. But the cool thing was the old Shannon would have been so embarrassed and I would not have wanted people to know that I fell um, and that I hurt myself and that I just wouldn't have wanted that. But this time I told everyone that came into my uh, view that I fell off my skateboard. And then I showed them all of my, my road rash. And for me, it was really a test of being vulnerable because I felt vulnerable in that moment. But then I realized I'm courageous. Like I am so brave, but the best thing, this really makes me cry. I came home. I sent my husband pictures of my, of my, um, road rash and then when I came home I took off all my bandages bandages and I showed my husband and he he looked at he looked at it and he's like turning my hands around and looking and then he looks at me in the eyes and he said you're tough and I thought oh my gosh like I never thought of myself as tough and the interesting thing is I had shared with a colleague that story about how my husband said I'm tough and she said of course you're tough. You beat cancer. And I thought, oh, like I just didn't put that together. But then when I started later reflecting on it, something I realized was this part I knew. I When I went through breast cancer, I knew, I decided that it was happening for me. And so everything I experienced was an opportunity for me to learn, to grow, be a better person. And I think that's what, and I was positive. I mean, I cried a lot but I was positive, I was vulnerable, I was strong, all of those really cool things. But when I was thinking about my work struggle and how I struggled with um, anxiety and not feeling good enough at work, it felt like it was happening to me. And I realized I I felt like I was a victim, like I had no control, like there was nothing I could do. But something that um, I had a breakthrough, actually, Jackie, after your call, shortly after, I was reflecting back on my breast cancer journey because I would always say I loved who I was. Like I loved who I was when I was going through breast cancer. But going through my work struggle, I not 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 the case, not the case, but what I realized was going through breast cancer, it wasn't that I loved who I was specifically, it was that I loved myself through that journey. And with my work struggle. I wasn't loving myself through it. I was like shaming myself, beating myself up. And that is what made it so hard. And I think that's why with breast cancer, I was so loving to myself, that I was able to go, to, to go through it and kind of like rise above it. But with the work, because I felt like a victim and it was happening to me. It was just really hard for me to pull myself out of it. But now that I know, wow, it's um. It's so much easier for me now to just reflect on that experience. And as I move forward, I'm just noticing that I'm so much more loving to myself, um, so much more compassion, so much more positive self-talk, and also noticing, too, that I don't have anxiety the way I used to. Like, oh, and then before we, um, with all of this COVID stuff, that happened starting in march we went we were put on work at home status i think on march 6th so i've been working from home since and for me i was not looking forward to that because as i mentioned i had more anxiety when i was not at work and so the idea of having to work from home was really stressful for me at first um but i but it's been um but it's been it's been a good journey my husband is so supportive um and one thing, it's like the, probably the first week I was working from home, I felt really stressed out and my husband could tell. And he came over to me and he just hugged me. He was like behind me. He just like hugged me and rubbed my shoulders. I just closed my eyes. I just took it in. I started breathing and man, it felt so much better. I realized, you know, I'm not alone in my struggle. I have, I have an ally, I have support. And so after that, I would just notice, you know, anytime I'm starting to feel anxiety for me, it always goes to my stomach. When I'm starting to feel that, I'm able to recognize it now, and it doesn't hijack me because before I think I'd hit the panic button and then my um the fight or flight would come up and I would get really stressed out and all of this anxiety, and then I'd catastrophize, and, oh, it would just be this. Now I'm noticing that I'm in such a better place. But the best part, this was like maybe a couple of weeks ago. One day I'm I'm working. I was at the dining room table just working. My husband's working in his area and he, come, he comes over to me to go to the kitchen and he looks at me and he goes, you're thriving. And I'm like, what? Like, what? 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 What do you mean? Um, and he was just saying that I can just see, I see a difference in how you are and how you work. And I'm like, tell me more and the reason is because i want to i want to know what are what, what is he observing so that i can observe it in myself as well and he was just noticing that i'm a lot more like a lot more relaxed i'm a lot more calm um, he said like i guess when i get stressed out i scrunch my face in some way or something and he said you know i you don't do that anymore and and he just noticed that my energy is different and oh man that felt so good for him to see it because i was feeling it too but for him to call it out was Um, very validating and made me feel so good and it helped me to just really appreciate my progress because when I first started working from home every morning I would wake up with a stomach ache like with anxiety about oh no what's going to happen today what's what's going on today and now I can say when I wake up I don't have that and I am so so grateful for that um It has been, gosh, it's been a difficult journey um, with work. One of the things I did when I came back, I had a new manager, and I was super excited. Wonderful manager. But one of the things we did on our team is we talked about our strengths and how our strengths apply to our role at work. And one of the things I went first, cause I was so excited to talk about my strengths and I, you know, I shared and then the other people shared. And as they were sharing, they were tying in their strengths really well to their role. And I could see that, wow, you know, you're really good at this. And this is what your job is. It just was a fit for like everyone on my team. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I thought, but it's not like that for me. Like my job at that time was more head focused. So it's more data and all of numbers and all of that type of stuff, which is not my jam. I, you know, I'm, I'm people, I'm like heart and people. And so I just felt like, I felt like for me, it was like a complete disconnect. And so that was like my first experience. And then we had another meeting and it just kind of resurfaced again for me. And I just thought something, this just, something's not feeling right. So I had a meeting with my manager probably, I don't know, a month after that. And I I don't think I was planning to say anything to her, but it just came out because I felt like I could be honest and vulnerable. And I shared with her that the role is not a fit. Like this is just not jiving with me. And I was scared because I'm like, I need a job. Like I can't not have a job. Excuse me. But she was so supportive and so encouraging. Encouraging. She even helped me update my resume. We looked at, I, I pulled a whole bunch of jobs together and she helped me and I applied. There was even a role on another, on um it's on our broader team, but just a different team. She was helping me with a job for that, which was amazing. And so I had started applying and I was just really excited, felt really encouraged. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and so um, I, I, when that hit, it's like, well, I I definitely don't want to look to make a change now with everything being so uncertain. Um, so I'm grateful that I still have a job. I'm totally, totally, um uh you know things are things are going well it's just i all of the work that i was doing involved class in classroom training and we have no more classes scheduled through the end of the year so my job is almost gone like on paper but there's um doing more project work and doing other things there's tons of stuff to do so i know i have a job but what i'm excited about is doing different work because i think that will just um, doing things that are just, I feel more aligned with my strengths, things that are um, just a better fit for my personality. Like one thing at Facebook, they move fast. It's one of their values. Things are always changing. They're always doing something. And um, it's a challenging environment. It's a challenging environment. And um, I, you know, I, I don't know how long I'll be there and but, you know, I'm content now and I'm open to opportunity. opportunity. There's an opportunity to switch a new manager now, is also very supportive, and she's aware of, of the history of stuff. And so um, I'm glad I have her as an ally. Um, but it's, uh, man, this whole career thing has been, it's been, it's been a rollercoaster. That is for sure. But now that I'm where I am, I'm just grateful for everything that I've learned. And I can honestly say that this work struggle happened for me, happened for me to grow and to evolve and to be the person that I am. Thank you.
0: What would you like to share with people now? Well, I, you know,
1: initially just tried to bring people's attention to the power of the mind and how mindset can shift and, and, and everything shifts. And, and I think that's a really important um, lesson and, and sort of what strikes me about Shannon's story, but there is another piece. And that's the, the importance of support and how language really matters so when she tells the story every time of how her husband Mm -hmm. spoke to her how he addressed what was happening with her I I was just like wow wow you know every time I got a wow because you know he could have chosen a zillion other ways to respond in any of those situations including doing nothing Mm. and when you look at the chaos that's happening in the world and the uncertainty and the destable how it destabilizes and then you listen in shannon's story and how her husband stabilized her Mm. He helped to ground her in her own purposefulness, in her own power. Like, what a gift. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. So that's what really
0: struck me about, about Shannon's story today. How about for you? Mm. Well, certainly I echo everything you've just said. And um, the, the discernment that she was able to... Um, Discover, you know, what was happening for herself to recognize her own courage, but the importance of having that sometimes spoken to her by other people. You know, when that coworker said, "You're tough." Yeah. You know, um, when other people acknowledged her core virtues along the way. You know, that allowed her to see the gifts within because sometimes we can't see them ourselves. And so, why having you know, the opportunity to learn how to do that for people, to be there, to be supportive with people, um, how important that is. And, and if we all take responsibility for doing that, um, for developing those skills, those communication skills, how much more we can all grow and develop and work together in, in unity and in community. Mm-hmm. And um, just, it, it's just such a wonderful example of the wisdom that we can then use, you know, make choices about the mindset um, when we are aware of what's really going on within us. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that it helps to have other perspectives, but other perspectives that help us recognize our own teachable moments so mm-hmm. that we can come to that acceptance. Because that's what I heard at the very end is all that she realized that yes, this has been a challenge, but the gift in that challenge is all these teachable moments that she's had to learn from and grow. Yes. So, and this is all part of what we've learned through the Virtues Project as well. So yes, absolutely. it's just been a, it's a wonderful gift. So thank you to everyone for joining us. We'd certainly love to hear your feedback. I'm sure Shannon would love to hear your feedback mm-hmm. and and again, thank you, Shannon, mm-hmm. <laughs> for, thank you, for your Shannon. incredible generosity and the courage to be this publicly vulnerable yeah. um, with everyone. And um, it you're such a joy and such a gift. This is such a generous gift to us all. So mm-hmm. and, and I just want to add, I look forward
1: message to Shannon uh, for you to come on to uh join us for a yeah. recording. Um, I think that would be wonderful. We could do a virtues pick
0: together. So that would be lovely. Yeah. So yeah. Barbara, um, did, can you tell us all how to keep in touch? And
1: Yeah, of course. Just like, you know, always subscriptions matter. And um, right now we're doing a bit of a subscription uh, drive because we need um, something like a thousand members or subscribers on our YouTube channel in order to get to the next level uh, in terms of being YouTubers. So uh, we'd love for you to go to YouTube and subscribe, share the video, and also go to anchor.fm slash Barbara Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, and um, subscribe there too. Or I think it's called like, or maybe you become a friend quite remember how it is but we're also on spotify we're on lots of different um uh platforms uh podcasting platforms and i've also put it all on the website at synergy etc.ca so you're welcome to join us over there
0: so thank you all for being here and we look forward to seeing you again when our next episode is released take care
1: take care